0: Seated, if you would like, staying and remaining in this atmosphere. Hallelujah. <laughs> Morgan's right; it's thick in here, thick and good. Yeah. Mm. Hallelujah. Hmm. Yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. Continuing on our uh, series of Grace Got Next, and uh, then eventually God Got Next, Uh, we're going to try to message today around um, this interesting phrase that is not unlike the phrase Grace Got Next, is Christ is lower still. doesn't make immediate sense to the logic as we think of Christ being high and lifted up. Um, to think of Christ as lower still is um, just an interesting phrase. Uh, you know, I feel that there's some struggle before I, like, launch right in to the message. Uh, I feel that there is some struggle around trusting around trusting God and trusting what the future holds. Um, that there is a struggle within someone or someone's that you're very, very concerned about what's coming next, um, what is coming up. And I want to, um, there's a concept in houses like this and, and in the body uh, at large, the Christ body, that unless someone speak out a thing, it cannot be grasped or apprehended, cannot be acquired. If, it, if the thing is not spoken, it cannot be received. And so, as your speaker today, I want to make sure that I release that over you so that you can receive the peace that passes all understanding about what's coming up next. As we know in theme, grace got next. But you may be very, very concerned about what is coming. And I, to those that are actually, you know, in that space of anxiety around that I just offer you this. It's something my grandma used to sing over me. And uh, I remember I had just left my home. I was 25 years old. Um, I left California, the only home I ever knew for the first 25 years of my life. And I left my family my church, my husband at the time, uh, my, my whole community. I left with a real, validated letter of excommunication saying that I was never welcome again. And I left in my car with no cell phone, 2003, with an Atlas and a flashlight. And I hit the road all alone, no connection. I was told that I had nearly killed my family with my decision, that I had nearly killed my aged grandmother, she was in such agony and grief. And one thing led to the next, and I found myself in Wichita, Kansas, walking across the parking lot, windy, windy in Kansas, well, it seems like more windy than here. 25 years old on my own, and uh, grandma began to talk to me again, and we talked, and she said, Bonnie, and she always, she could never talk about God without crying, you know that one, you know those ones, and it's getting on me too, it's getting to where I'm that way, the same dang way older I get, the more I cry every time I say the name of Jesus, you know, but grandma would go, she'd start to lift her hand and she'd say, the Lord is is good and is trustworthy. You can cast all of your care upon him and he will care for you. When everybody leaves you and forsakes you, he will be with you. And she'd sing an old song because I was facing a mountain of debt that I took out of Guilt, (laughs) obligation, very small wage, very small hope in my future, and um, she's saying this, I'll never forget where I was in the the parking lot of this job that I was working, as I had just checked into a reparative therapy house where they were going to make me straight, and uh, I was paying them money to turn my life around. (laughs) I, I failed that program. Um. <laughs> it's the only thing I ever failed at. <laughs> failed. At, they, they kicked me out and it was in 90 days. I didn't even make it 90 days. but
1: I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you you've been so faithful you've been so true so i'll keep believing you'll see me through i'm trusting you lord i'm trusting you As her sweet little soprano voice sang that over me. And
0: see, that spirit of faith is more caught than taught. So I let that spirit of faith and trust just envelop me with tears in my eyes and a future unknown. I began to trust the Lord with all my heart again, trusting that God would accept me when no one else would. It takes a lot of faith to do that when all the voices around you are saying you no longer belong and you're no longer accepted. And in fact, here's the letter to prove it.
1: I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. You've been so faithful. You've been so true. So I'll keep believing. He'll see you through. I'm trusting you, Lord. I'm trusting you. Your future looks good. And your future looks really bright. You keep
0: walking in the Lord and keep walking in the light. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way, and your future, it'll turn out okay. You just trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways, acknowledge him, and he will direct your path and make it so perfectly available to you. Let's pray he doesn't make it straight. Oh, we thank you, Lord Jesus. For your comedy, your help, your humor, thank you, Lord, hallelujah. Well, this week I had an opportunity. So you see, I speak that over you, so you can grab it, grab the spirit of faith on it, so that you would have a faith and a hope to trust the Lord for your future. I had an opportunity this week to jump on an airplane and head to Glacier National Park. What I mean, what the heck? Um, Go ahead, Jess, and um, give me those uh, pictures. I brought a couple pictures back for you guys to show you kind of what I saw this week. Um, Remember how I used to be on the Isle of Anhedonia? Remember the Isle of Anhedonia, the depression state that I was in for a number of months? Well, the Isle of Anhedonia has officially lost a resident because now I'm soaring on the heights and saying yes to the mountaintop and saying yes to adventure and experience. I couldn't have said yes to a trip like this, especially on the last minute and the schedule that I hold. It was very difficult for me to say yes. It would have been more difficult. It would have been easier for me to say no, rather, than to say yes. Have you ever been in that kind of a situation where the risk was actually more... Ah, uh, <laughs> that's nice. Yeah, keep going. <laughs> The beautiful aspens were just gold and and orange and different greens, the shades of greens on the conifers and the spruces and and the aspens and those deep golds. You know, that picture just doesn't capture the beauty that I got to see at Glacier National Park. I want to tell you, all of my Tulsa friends and residents, get out of Tulsa as much as you possibly can. You have got to travel You have got to see beautiful places. You have got to breathe mountain air. You have got to breathe ocean air, okay, whatever your jam is. And my traveling companion was like, do you think everybody likes the mountains as much as us? I said, I don't know, but I can't imagine anybody standing around here looking at all this and going, yeah, mountains aren't much for me. I mean, I'd rather be at the beach or something. I mean, I think you would have enjoyed this and the variety of colors Oh man, it was fantastic. One day, see, notice this picture has the dusting of the snow on top of the mountains and that waterfall there in the middle is flowing pretty heavy. Um, The day before, it was completely dry and then overnight they received a snow. Shortly after we left, they closed the road for winter. It's already snow, like covered in snow and sleet and they're done. Um, And I learned that, see how this valley is kind of scooped in like this, and y'all already probably know this, but I did not know this, that that is um, indicative of a a glacier thousands and thousands of years ago that had moved through. Anna Claire could describe it to me in detail, I'm sure. Um, And so could Sean. I'm sure y'all could do it. Um, And I was just fascinated with the kinds of rocks we saw and the mountains that we saw and the scale of which um, all of this is... Is on. I happened to, and please forgive me, any of my environmentalists, I know that if everybody took a handful of rocks, there would be no more rocks left. I understand that. Forgive me, Jesus. I'm confessing now. But to add to our communion, I got, see, it's for the Lord. I did it for God. <laughs> I, I have some rocks up here that are now from Canada that I brought back for all of us to, to um, put in. To the, to the water um, as an indication of letting some, laying some burdens down. But you'll notice the difference between these rocks from Canada and the rocks that we got from Walmart or wherever they were <laughs> from. <laughs> but I was blessed. I was blessed to say yes to this last-minute opportunity and, um, and blessed to be there and thankful for the opportunity to go. Um, hmm, it was difficult to say yes. The way in which my life had become narrow, living on the Isle of Anhedonia, is a striking difference to what I was available to when the opportunity presented itself for this. I was terrified to go outside of my own neighborhood a couple of years ago. By terrified, I mean on the inside, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to drive. I didn't want to go out. I still did it. I was a functioning depressed person But I was nervous. I was nervous. I was more fearful than I had ever been before And so this is a testament for me and for us as a a turning and a suddenly um, Turning of events and the availability to go outside of my little narrow box and I'm grateful for that and, you know, everybody's journey is a little bit different. Everybody has their own unique background with mental health and emotional health. And so it's, it's going to be different for everybody today. I wanted to bring to you just two main things, and, and we'll move through this very quickly, I think. But I believe that the words that are going to be spoken for you and with you, over you, are going to help in some ways. I want... Uh, to bring up our text is Philippians two, one through eight. Now, Philippians two, one through eight is a famous uh, classic piece of text from the New Testament writings. Um, The reason that I have it up on the screen today is because it's so important of a poem that I want you to see it with your eyes and internalize it. This is one of those texts that you could commit to memory if you wanted. This is one of those things that if you wanted to memorize something from the text, from the, from the Bible, this would be a good place to start. Um, psalm 23, of course, is an, also a good, a good place to start. The Lord is my shepherd poem, or psalm, rather. But Philippians 2 is Paul writing to the church at Philippi, and he's writing from Rome, from his jail cell, and he is beaten and bruised and alone in a jail um, very unlike our jails today. This was a pit that this man was thrown into and was not served three ma- meals a day. This is um, a very torturous kind of a situation. And we have uh, that he wrote this letter about love, unity, gratitude, and experience of community. He also, Paul, was an excited Convert. Paul was an excited person about what he had a revelation of Christ, like who the Christ was. He's the only apostle that we have named as an apostle who didn't see Jesus, as far as we know, in the flesh. Paul came after Jesus, had already walked and talked and did all of his teaching. Paul was writing as, as he was, it was revealed to him by the Spirit. He had a knock-off-the-horse knock, knock off the horse type of an experience, you know. Um, light came shooting down. Paul had this experience with God. He had never actually seen Jesus in the flesh. He was not one of those disciples. But Paul had a revelation, and I want us to see this. It's it's about, actually, the, the whole poem is, like, all the way through uh, verse 13. But for time's sake, I just thought we would take the first eight verses. And I want us to... Maybe read this together, because this is an important poem. So um, it's important to note that there are different kinds of literature in our texts, and this is one of them. They call it the kenosis hymn or the kenosis poem. Um, waxing all eloquent in Greek, kenosis just means the emptying of the Christ, the emptying of the Christ body, the humility of the Christ, and the exaltation of the Christ. So um, let's read this together. If, then, there is any encouragement in Christ, any consolation from love, any sharing in the Spirit, any compassion and sympathy, make my joy complete. Be of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility regard others as better than yourselves. He humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Thank you, Jessica, and thank you for putting that on the slides. And good reading, everyone. Um, Paul was obviously, in this text, not very interested in self-care. Um, he's like, you know, everybody else is better than you, Uh, serve everybody, (laughs) do it until you're completely emptied out, Um, he did not have the current wisdom of, hey, you know, have your boundaries intact, (laughs) you know, let's not go too far, (laughs) let's not uh, serve too many, and nobody's calling me a servant, by the way, Um, let's like get that clear, Um, but this poem is so interesting to me because it really speaks of the compassion, the... Love, the peace, the unity. You know, it's this essence of let us be kind and tender hearted toward one another, serving one another. As the say, I would probably retranslate that part about thinking of everybody as better than you. I mean, that's kind of difficult, right? That's a weird one in our modern culture. But everyone at least is as equal as you and deserving of the same kindness, gentleness, forgiveness, and, and uh, opportunity as anybody else. I think that's probably how I would retranslate that. It's interesting, um, this let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, that phrase is parallel to a phrase that Jesus spoke in John 14. In John 14, maybe some of the Bible folks will remember that phrase, let not your heart be troubled. I find it interesting this language is not an authoritarian language. It's not an automatic language. You don't just automatically have peace or automatically have the mind of Christ. We have to allow or let the mind of Christ be in us. We have to allow and let the peace of God. I'll read that text in John 14, 26, but the helper... Uh, another word for that helper is a servant." Let me read it to you this way, but the servant, the Holy Spirit, the third person in the Trinity, was not too high to be called the helper, the servant, the servant of all. The one that is highest of all becomes the servant of all this is why this is an upside down kind of a kendom this is why this doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we think we ought to serve the highest but the highest serves us as becoming our helper can you even imagine that in real life if you were around dignitaries if you were around someone you really loved and respected if you were around someone whom you had the most Like, you revered them. Like, somebody on YouTube that you just thought was everything. Like, you watched their videos or someone on Twitter that you're like, when he speaks, I am definitely listening. And if he were in the same space as you or she were in the same space as you and got up to take your plate from dinner, like, you're sitting there, you're done with dinner, and this person you respect the most gets up and offers to take your plate and clear it, I don't know about you, but I'd be like, oh, by all means, Lord, I should have thought of that. I will get your plate. I mean, no. The Holy Spirit, the Comforter, the Helper, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. I just think it is fascinating that we have the choice to allow the mind of Christ to allow the emptying of ourselves for another. We are not obligated. We are on, under no coercion. This is pure choice. And the same way with peace. We are under no obligation to be at peace. None. You can be as anxious and worried as you want all the time. You have that choice, but the invitation is to let not. I want to talk about that word servant. In, in uh, the Greek, it's actually doulos, and it's someone who belongs to another or a bond slave without any ownership rights of their own. Ironically, doulos is used with the highest dignity in these New Testament texts. Namely, of believers who willingly live under Christ's authority as his devoted followers. A bond servant is someone who is already freed from their task of being a slave and then returned to that same place and served for free under no obligation. That's what a bond slave or a bond servant means. Another word for servant is helper, a supporter, a devoted and helpful follower. When we serve one another out of it and empty ourselves of our own authority or of our roles or our um, affluence or our position, when we empty ourselves of that, like the Lord Jesus, we are allowing that mind that was in him to be in us. When we stoop to serve or allow the generosity and the spaciousness of grace to extend to another, We are allowing the mind of Christ to be in us. I want to read Philippians 2 in the message because it makes it a little more plain. So perk up on this one. I want you to hear it again. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, then do me a favor. Agree with one another. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. That's another way to say, let this mind be in you that was also in Christ Jesus. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. Remember when he put on the robe, took off his outer garment, put on the robe and knelt and washed the disciples' feet? The text right before that said the only reason he was able to do that was because he knew where he came from. He knew who he was and he knew where he was going. Without a clear identity of who you're attached to, you will not stoop low. You will try with your ego to be on top. You will not go to the back of the line. You will try to edge your way to the front. We understand that corporate guys, corporate is a dog eat dog, shark eat shark. This is not an easy place to live in. And folk are trying to work their way to the top. Come on. I know where y'all work. I know what's going on. But see the Lord Jesus, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. How would he behave? How would he behave in in that kind of a scenario? It's an interesting concept. Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but didn't think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantage of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he sat aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave and became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He didn't claim special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient, and then died a selfless, obedient death. The worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. In this upside-down kingdom, judgment does not fall on the unacceptable, but instead it seems to fall on those who refuse to accept acceptance. (laughs) Judgment does not fall on the unacceptable, But instead it seems to fall on those who refuse to accept acceptance. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Let not your heart be troubled. When everybody is abuzz, will you accept the invitation to allow yourself and allow grace to have next? Will you allow yourself to be calm when others are frenzied? Will you allow yourself to have the mind of Christ and serve when you would rather be served. I know this is an unpopular kind of message because these texts have traditionally been weaponized to subject and oppress certain of us, especially marginalized communities. So hear me when I say, I know that this can be triggering. Okay. And so if this is triggering for you, let not your heart be troubled. This is intended to be a glory and a joy. It's a growing edge for our discipline in the faith. It's a growing edge to allow the mind of forgiveness, the mind of tenderheartedness, the mind of generosity, the mind of being secure and sourced in love, that we may be able to live free and open-hearted. But I hear you, and I make space for how this could be triggering. We can definitely... Talk about it here or later. <laughs> so as I was flying home from this amazing trip, that I encourage everybody, get out of Dodge as much as you can. Get out of here. It'll help you stay living here and be in the change you want to be in the world. <laughs> It'll help you with your social justice warriorship. It'll help you in all the things that you're doing, but just to see something different. As I was, uh, got on the plane early in the morning, it was dark still outside. It was about 6 o'clock in the morning. I'm surrounded by all these Montana folks. They're all, you know, fit and trim, and, and they have on their cool hiking, hiking boots, and I'm feeling pretty frumpy, you know. Uh, that's just me. It happens to me. I have a little body dysmorphia. Um, I was trying to be a joke, but it was serious. So... <laughs> uh, so, just a little tiny bit, there's a little bit of body, just, there's a little bit of body shaming going on in me. Um, I have all the grace in the world for y'all, but I don't have any, a lot for me. Uh, Woo. Okay, I just got really deep there for a second. I didn't mean to, but I was sitting on the plane, and in my mind was some situations that I had heard about from back home, um, one of which we all know about, that, April shared openly that she had literally fallen and had sent me a message and she was very tearful about falling and spraining her ankle the day before having to move her house and was really struggling and challenged by that lack of control and being hurt. Have you ever fallen as an adult? Yeah, yeah. It hurts your pride. It hurts your body. It hurts for longer than it ever should. (laughs) Um, It's a bad scene. Some other folks had fallen, literally. And my compassion, um, some folks had been in the ER overnight. I had just a lot of things in the backdrop of my mind, in the context. And I had put in my earplug, earbuds, and I was trying to find a song, and someone had shared an album with me. An album? Can I still say that? Um, from Spotify. I was on Spotify. And anyway, I didn't like most of the songs on this playlist, but one song was uh, particularly good, and I thought, well, I'll just go to my go-to song. There was, like, two songs on the playlist that I liked, and I was like, nah, but this one song, Christ is Lower Still is the name of it. I didn't like the tone. I didn't like the instrumentation. I didn't like the beat, and I didn't like the vocals, so I never listened to the whole thing in its entirety, but for some reason, with the context that I had of all of this Compassion that was kind of welling up in my heart for everybody back home, that was going through various troubles, and the literal falling down. Uh, I was just touched by this song and was able to get through my dislike of it instrumentally. And the the lyrics of this song, in the and also with the backdrop of Philippians too, of let this mind be in you, this kenosis, this emptying yourself, emptying of ourselves for another. The lyric says, Humbly, lowly, Jesus waits in the valley. My Savior suffers with me. And with him, I'll rise again. Let the king descend. Living word made flesh. Lift this heavy heart to your throne, O God. In his wounds, I find room for all of mine. When from grace I fell, Christ was lower still. When from grace I fell, Christ was lower still. The height of the love of God and the depth of the love of God, there is no mountain too high that escapes his sight and love. And there is no depth too low where Christ is not lower still. Oh, I, I just poured into tears, and I'm like, oh my God, God loves me so much. Oh, Jesus. And I was thinking of all of my wounded friends, and I was thinking, in your wounds, there are room for wound, my, all of mine, all of my wounds find their place in yours. It is an incredible thing that, in our religious perspective, that our God comes down to us. In most comparatively other world religions, we have to ascend to God. But in ours is the only one that our God comes running to us, to serve us, to wash our feet. In every other religion in the world, you've got to be the one to bring a sacrifice and be the one to give first and be the one to offer up an acceptable offering. But in this agape Narrative and this agape love and this kenosis love, we have a God that has emptied God's self for us. It's not to make you feel guilty, it's to make you feel worthy. Not that you should feel sorry for God or that you should try to live better because God did so much for you. That's not the message. Hear my heart. It's a wide and vast love that we can find ourselves in. When from grace I fell, Christ is lower still. (laughs) I want that mind to be in me that was in Christ Jesus. Then when I feel I have given it my all, I have accepted the bruises and the beatings of corporate life, of people who don't understand, of the promotion that passed me by, of the microaggressions that I experience in society, of the aggression that I experience in society, of the discrimination, when I feel that I have handled all that I can and I'm up to here with inequity and inequality, Christ is lower still. And Grace got next. Paul describes, as the children are joining us again, and and Hank, I think you can start. I think you've already got my phone open. You can go ahead and start um, the piano. Uh, Our band is going to take communion with us today. Everybody say, yeah. Yeah, yeah. In our text today, Paul describes a community where every person considers the needs of others and does nothing from only selfish ambition one that pulls together rather than pulls apart and is a body that knows its purpose and lets nothing interfere with it. It is an extended spiritual family where others line up to become part of this sacred assembly and make it their home because they feel encouragement and know that they are truly loved. So Paul urges the Philippians to strive for this radical unity and fulfill his joy by having the mind of Christ who humbled himself, became a servant, and suffered the death of the cross. Jesus becomes the example of humility and service, leading the kind of unity Paul imagines. This community, because of your love and interest and commitment to being in unity in this community, others want to find their home here. Because you really do belong. And you know, everybody is in a different part of their spiritual growth. Some already know who they are, where they've come from, and where they're going, and can kneel and serve you. Some need to be served. Some need to be cared for, and their wounds tended to. They're not ready to come in and start serving. They're too traumatized and hurt and wounded. It is up to us by the Spirit to discern where everybody is. And you know what? Sometimes I'm the wounded, and sometimes I'm the wounded healer. Is everybody hearing my heart? Is there anything that you're stuck on that you need to voice right now that would be helpful for you in this assembly before we partake in our interactive worship? Because I know that these texts were difficult, could be difficult. Is there anything that you would like to add that would make you feel like more whole in the moment? Maybe what you thought of while we were reading and things that maybe brushed up against you If you feel comfortable, it's fine. And if not, no worries. I'm I'm just looking. I'm just. Any thoughts, positive or negative, before we move in? And certainly, if you don't feel comfortable in the public space, I would open up my my ears and heart to have a conversation at a later time. Cool. Why don't you go ahead and stand with us?